morning. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 this morning. Continuing in our, our series in Acts. What I'm hoping that you see is, is the, the book of Acts uh, builds on itself throughout the book. Uh, you kind of have to uh, somewhat be familiar with earlier stories as we continue to, to build up to each text. So, um, so be uh, this is a, a helpful reminder that if this is, uh, you know, you call this church home, um, we have uh, a podcast every week uh, where our sermons go up on podcasts. So if you, uh, if you miss a week, uh, don't miss out on uh, what the Word of God has to say to us um, in the book of Acts uh, right now. Um, so Acts chapter 5, so we're going to be this morning, beginning in verse 1. It says this, But a, a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it challenges us, it convicts us. God, I thank you that, that you expose the things in our lives that need to change through your word. Father, I, I pray that we wouldn't come to the Bible hoping for just a, some comforting message, uh, because the Bible does provide comfort, and the Bible does provide hope, the Bible does provide life, but it's also convicting and challenging, and it doesn't, it doesn't call us to stay where we are, but it, it moves us and challenges us to grow closer to you. So, Father, I pray this morning we would have ears to hear and a heart that longs to apply your word to our lives. So that we, as your body, we as, as a collection of Christ followers, we as, we as believers can grow into our relationship with you and be molded and shaped into the image of Jesus. We love you, we praise you, and it is in the precious holy name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Now, when a movement or an organization is successful a lot of times they'll start attracting people who want to profit off of the movement or the organization. Now, you've probably seen this in your own careers. Uh, maybe this, has, this was you at the company that you're at, or maybe you had coworkers who were there who had nothing to do with the mission of the company. They had no desire to, uh, to see the company thrive long term. All they wanted was a check. All they wanted was to profit. All they wanted was maybe to, to use their position in the company as a step stool to, to further their career, right? They're not there because they want to contribute to the success of the company. They're not there because they want the company to thrive. They're there because they want their own profit. Uh, the church has seen that as well, right? Christianity has been widely successful <laughs> around the world. Uh, and, and 
there have been Christians, there have been or so-called Christians and so-called pastors who have tried to profit off of that. Right? There, whether it's from scamming people, whether it's uh, pastors who come into a church and they're there um, as, a, as a career move, they're there to, to build their own brand, build their own image, and to, to profit off of the church. And that way you'll see pastors, you'll see Christians come in from time to time where they're not there because they love Jesus, they're not there for the glory of God, they're there for themselves build their brand, grow their reputation, to profit off the success and the, of the movement of, uh, of the people of God. Well, in the early church, the, the, the first few months have been wildly successful, <laughs> right? We've, we've talked about so far in, in the book of Acts, there have been 5,000 people that have come to know Jesus in a, in a few short uh, weeks, right? There have been Tons of people coming to know Jesus. The city of Jerusalem is all abuzz because of these Christians have been coming in. Miracles are being performed at the hands of the apostles like this. There's wild success with the early church here at the beginning. They've, they've hit their first road bump in Acts chapter 4. We talked about kind of the, the start of persecution, but that really hasn't hit yet. And so, so they're thriving. The early church is, is wildly successful. And that means, as many movements and organizations see, you're going to have some people that will come in and try to profit off of the success, enter Ananias and Sapphira. Right, so if we read last week in the end of Acts chapter 4, when Luke gives us a little glimpse into how the church is functioning at this point, we saw that the church had a culture of generosity. Right, the church was, was, was more than willing to meet people's needs. They were, they were evaluating what they had, and they saw the needs in the church, and then they, they acted on it. They sold things. They gave the money to the church so they could meet people's needs. They had this culture of generosity, this radical generosity among the body of Christ. Well, Ananias and Sapphira come in, and we see in verse 1, a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. So this story should sound pretty familiar because it's very similar to what Barnabas did at the end of chapter 4. Uh, we notice the, the, uh, Luke, as he wrote Acts, he, he brought in Barnabas as this prime example of this culture of generosity at the end of chapter 4. Here's Barnabas, a guy who, who saw the needs of the church, and he, he evaluated what he had, and he realized he had a field that he didn't need. And so he sold that field, and he gave the money to the church so they could meet people's needs. And he, he's held up as this, as this prime example of this culture of generosity. And here we are immediately following that story. I mean, we, we took a week break, but there's not, there's not even a sentence break between these stories. Like just immediately following that story of Barnabas, there's Ananias and Sapphira. They see the needs of the people in the church. They evaluate what they have. They have a field. So they sell the field, and then they keep part of it, and then they bring part of the proceeds to the church to meet people's needs. Now, if the story stopped there, they'd be heroes. Right? If the story stopped there, we would probably celebrate Ananias and Sapphira the same way we celebrate Barnabas. Like, if the story stopped there, we'd probably think about Ananias and Sapphira the same way that we think about Barnabas, because they saw the needs, they sold a field, they brought some of the money to the church. I mean, we would celebrate that today. Right? If, if someone said, hey, I saw the needs in the church, I liquidated my stocks, and I, I brought some of the proceeds here to the church to meet people's needs, we would celebrate that. Right? If someone said, hey, I had a field, I sold it for 100,000 bucks, I brought 40,000 of that here to you to meet people's needs. We'd be like, great, like, praise God. <laughs> we would celebrate them for that, that, their contribution to that radical generosity, that generous culture. If the story stops there, we would be celebrating Ananias and Sapphira because what they did seemed to be 
just as good, just as beautiful, just as right as what Barnabas did at the end of chapter 4. They saw a need, they sold their field, and they brought some of the money to the church. It wasn't a problem that they only brought some of the money. That's, a lot of people will, will stop there and will, they'll say, they only brought some of it. They didn't bring all of it, like Barnabas did. That, that is not a problem in the text. In fact, uh, as we go on, Peter says, you could have done what you wanted with the money. Like the, 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 the early church didn't have a problem with private property. They didn't have a problem with only giving portions of what you, you, know, what you sold to the church. They didn't have a problem with that. Here's a couple that was radically generous, selling a field that they owned and bringing some of the money to the church. And if that was all there was to the story, we would be celebrating Ananias and Sapphira. But we don't, right, because the story goes on. And we, we recognize from the text that these are not people that should be celebrated. And the reason that they shouldn't be celebrated is because they didn't just bring a portion of the money to the church. They brought a portion of the money to the church and said that it was the whole thing. Right? They lied about what they brought to the church. And we can see that again in verse 8 if we skip down to it when Peter is questioning Sapphira. He says, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she says, yes, for so much. So what Ananias and Sapphira did, unlike Barnabas, is when they sold the field, they brought a portion of it and said, hey, this is the whole thing. This is all of what we, what we sold the field for. So in my earlier example, this would be Ananias and Sapphira selling a field for 100000 and then bringing 40000 to the church and saying, hey, we sold a field for 40000 Take it and, and do what you want with it. Meet people's needs with this. Like that's what Ananias and Sapphira did when they brought in the money. They lied and said it was the whole thing. Why would Ananias and Sapphira do that? Why would they lie about the proceeds and say that this, is, this was the whole thing? Because what they were doing was great. Like that, that act of bringing their, their resources that they had that was extra and bringing those to meet people's needs in the church, that was, that's a beautiful thing. Why did they go and lie about bringing and say, and say that that was the whole thing? Why did they lie and say that the portion of the field that they brought was really the whole thing? because Ananias and Sapphira were trying to build their reputation. Ananias and Sapphira were trying to grow their reputation in the church. When we look at the text, when we look at what was wrong with Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't ultimately about greed. It wasn't that they were stingy with their money and didn't contribute enough to the culture of generosity. This is a group of people, or this is a couple, that cared a lot about their public reputation, and they brought money to the church to build themselves up. They brought money to the church to grow their reputation among the body of believers. Because what they see is, Barnabas is getting a lot of accolades. Right, here's Barnabas, and he's, he's known as the, the son of encouragement. He's a guy that, that is, is rising in popularity in the church, and he's a guy that Luke has, has held up an example of uh, because he, this is a story that's going around the church. People are talking about Barnabas and this, this radical generosity that Barnabas has displayed. Uh, and, and so they're looking at that, and they're thinking, hey, I'd like to be, I'd like to be talked about like Barnabas. Like, I, I want people to, to tell, tell about Ananias and Sapphira's generosity. I want my plaque on the side of the building. I want, people to, I want people to notice me. I want people to notice how much I give. I want people to notice how generous I am and how, how much better of a Christian I am than everybody else. Like I, want, I want people to notice that. So they lied because they were trying to build their reputation. Like their goal was to make people like them, make people love them more, and make people talk about them. We would never do that today. 
We would, we would never do something to try to build our reputation. We would never do something to try to, to grow our, our reputation. We would never give and be generous so people will notice how generous we are, would we? <laughs> like we would never do nice things or kind things so that other people would see how nice and kind we are, would we? And this is something that we can relate to. It's something that we can see in our own lives. This is, this is a, a, a natural inclination, a desire to be known, a desire to be seen, a desire to be thought well of. And so this is Ananias and Sapphira giving their resources to the church, a portion of the field, and saying it's the whole thing because they're not there to glorify God. They're not there even to meet people's needs. They're there to grow their own reputation. So they're doing this kind thing. They're being radically generous because they want people to notice how generous they are. They want people to, to affirm them and love them for it. We go on. Peter sees right through it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter is not like pretty much any other pastor in this situation. Right? If you're a pastor and someone comes to you and says, I sold a field, here's a big chunk of money, You'd say, praise God, thank you, we have uses for that, right? That's not what Peter says. Peter sees right through it by the power of the Holy Spirit. He sees directly into the heart of Ananias and Sapphira, and he says this in response in verse 3. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself some uh, part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. So Peter sees right through it to, to exactly the problem in the hearts of Ananias and Sapphira, and then he speaks directly to what's wrong with their thinking. Like He sees right through the facade. He sees right through the money and the dollar sign, and he realizes that they're in this for them, that they're doing this for their benefit. They're doing this to boost their reputation. And what Peter says first is that Satan has filled, Satan has entered Ananias to do this thing. That's the same terminology going back. It's only used one other time, and it's the same terminology at the beginning of Acts to talk about Judas and his betraying of Jesus. This is, that's how strong the language is here. Saying Satan has filled you to do this thing. What we see is that this lie... This deception, this desire to be known and desire to be in it for their own reputation and their own glory is not some trivial matter. Doing something for the wrong reasons, doing something for your own glory instead of God's is not inconsequential. It doesn't matter that you did a good thing. If you did it for, to build your own reputation and, for, and, and to boost your own ego, the Bible says that that's not a small matter. That's a problem because what we see is that Satan has filled Ananias to do this. It was the, the, the enemy of God playing off of the, a, a sinful human heart that led to the act of Ananias and Sapphira. This desire to be recognized, this desire to, to twist the truth and, and to be seen and known and to be recognized for your achievements and to, to boost your own ego and boost your own reputation, that stems from wickedness that stems from sinfulness is the enemy of God stirring up a sinful human heart to do that. This is not a trivial matter for Ananias and Sapphira. This isn't a, a slap on the wrist to say, hey, hey, maybe, I mean, I appreciate what you did, but 
but maybe change your motives in the future, right? This is not some, some inconsequential deal. This is a problem that they tried to build the reputation on some act of generosity. And it's not just, it's not just that they got confused or that they were just slightly misguided. This is the enemy of God filling them to do this thing. Like, that's the language that Luke is communicating to us when we read Ananias and Sapphira, because we are tempted to see ourselves in the same situation, right? We have all done something like this. We have all tried to build our own reputation doing nice things or good things. We want people to notice us and think highly of us. So we have all done similar things. And what Luke is showing us in the book of Acts and what Peter is communicating to Ananias is this stems from a sinful, broken human heart. And it doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from righteousness that's just misplaced. It comes from the enemy of God twisting a sinful human heart and directing us to do things for our own ego to build our own reputation. Satan has filled you to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back yourself part of the proceeds of the land. So Peter gets right to it of what is actually going on. And what's actually going on is Ananias and Sapphira are lying to the Holy Spirit. They're lying to God. We see it in verse 4. You have not lied to man, but to God. We see it again when Peter talks to Sapphira. In verse 7, after an interval of about three hours, uh, she comes in and Peter says this in verse 8. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She says, yes, for so much. Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? So what's actually going on is Ananias and Sapphira are lying to God. They are, they are testing God by this action. It's not that they're lying to the church. It's not that they're, they're being dishonest with fellow Christians. It's not that they're being greedy and holding out what they're doing. It's testing God, testing the Holy Spirit by their actions. This language brings us back all the way to, uh, to the Israelites as they're wandering in the wilderness. Thousands of years before this event. A thousand years before this event. Uh, they're wandering in the wilderness. And, and the Bible says that they put God to the test. So what they're doing is they're not trusting in and seeing God for who he really is. In their case, they didn't believe he could protect them. They didn't believe that he could carry them through. He didn't believe they could prov he could provide the promised land full of uh, flowing with milk and honey. They didn't believe him. They didn't see God for who he tru truly was, so they put God to the test. And it wasn't that they devised some scheme to try to, to test God and see if he could actually do it. What that language really means, what that says, is that they disobeyed God. They rebelled against him because they didn't think that he could do what he actually said he could do. And they didn't think that he really was who he said he was. And in this case, Ananias and Sapphira are doing the exact same thing with God because what they're doing shows that they either think that God and the Holy Spirit, they either think that he can't see or doesn't care that they have the wrong motives. They think that God either can't see that they're doing things for their own glory, or that he doesn't really care as long as they're giving money to the church. Either God doesn't see it or he doesn't care. Yes, it's the wrong motives. Yes, it's to build my own reputation. Yes, it's to build my own ego. But at least I'm giving something to the church. So either God doesn't see or doesn't care. At the end of the day, if Ananias and Sapphira really believed that God was, uh, was, was jealous about his glory, 
If Ananias and Sapphira really believed that the all-powerful, almighty creator God might have a problem with them doing things for their own glory and for their own benefit, for their own ego, then they wouldn't have done it. But the fact that they lied to the church, the fact that they, they gave money to the church for their own benefit, for their own ego, showed that they really don't believe that God, the all-powerful, almighty creator, cares. It's either he can't see it or he doesn't care about it. They are, so that's what they are lying to the Holy Spirit. And they're putting God to the test. In their own hearts, they are, they are lying to God's Spirit, saying, you can't see this motives. You, you can't really see that I'm in this for my glory and not for yours. Either that or you don't care, as long as I'm giving money to your church. The problem for Ananias and Sapphira is that God does see and God does care. So we go on. In verse 5, when Ananias heard, this, uh, heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. Uh, the young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. We see it again in verse uh, 9. Peter says, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And when the young men came in, they found her dead. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. So Peter lays bare Ananias and Sapphira's motivations. He he exposes what's deep inside their hearts, and he shows that you're in this for yourself. You're not doing this because you want to see the glory of God. You're not doing this because you want to see people come to know Jesus. You're not doing this because you want to make God known. You're doing this because you want to grow your reputation. You're doing this, and you're lying to the Holy Spirit. You're trying to test God because you're trying to grow your own ego. You're trying to get people to notice you and to talk about you and to make you famous, even though you're supposed to be part of the people of God. You're supposed to be part of the people that are that exists to glorify God. You're supposed to be part of the people that exist to bring God praise and glory and honor, but instead you're bringing yourself praise and glory and honor. He lays all of that bare, and as soon as he exposes it, Ananias falls down dead. I mean, there's this immediacy to the death of Ananias. And it's the same thing happens with Sapphira. He exposes the lie. He exposes the motivations of Sapphira. And as soon as Peter finishes talking... And Sapphira falls down dead. There's only a couple times that something like this happens in the New Testament. There's only a couple times that something like this happens in the Bible. And every single time, it's an example of God declaring that something wasn't right. (laughs) Every single time, it's an example of God issuing and pronouncing a judgment. And this may seem a little harsh. (laughs) Ananias and Sapphira drop down dead instantly. Because they had the wrong motivations when they brought something to the church. But notice, God, this isn't an inconsequential issue for him. This isn't a small problem for him. This isn't just a a minor miscommunication that needs to be corrected. This is a people. As the people of God, all of us are supposed to bring God glory and honor and praise. And there are people in the church, Ananias and Sapphira, who are stealing the glory and the honor and praise that are due to God, and they are giving it to themselves. 
And instead of pointing people to how glorious God is, instead of pointing to people how great and worthy of honor and praise and glory God is, they point them to themselves and say, look how great I am. Look how worthy of glory and honor and praise I am. Look at how generous I am. Forget that God gave his son to die for you. Look how generous I am. So instead of being a people that are glorifying God and praising him, Ananias and Sapphira have snuck in and are bringing themselves glory and honor and praise. There is sin within the church of people pointing people to themselves. And God is making a strong statement here that that is not okay. Because notice when Ananias dies, what happens? Great fear came upon all who heard it. Look what happens when Sapphira dies. Great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard it. The reason that that's repeated is because, and that's the reason that God performed this act of judgment. It's they used Ananias and Sapphira as an example. That this is not okay in the church of God. This is not okay for the people of God. Because God is jealous for his glory. God is the only one worthy of glory and honor and praise. And as the people of God, we should be bringing that to him. And it should be our mission to make God famous, to grow God's reputation in the world. And the Ananias and Sapphira were not doing that. They were growing their own reputation. And God says that's not okay. We are not here to grow our reputation. We are not here to make ourselves famous. We are not here to give our resources to the church and to be generous with other people and to use our money to meet people's needs so that people would recognize how generous we are. Because when we do that, we're growing our reputation. We're making ourselves famous instead of pointing people to just how good God is. We shouldn't be people that work hard at our jobs just so people will notice how hardworking we are and give us promotions. We should be people that work hard at our jobs because we want to bring God glory. We shouldn't be people that, that sing on Sunday mornings because we want people to notice how well we sing or how great of a performance we have. We need to be people who sing on Sunday mornings because we glorify and honor and praise the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. As the people of God, and so I want you to get from Acts chapter 5 this morning. As the people of God, we need to live for God's reputation, not ours. As God's people, we need to be in the business of glorifying and honoring and praising the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the one who is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And we do not need to be in the business of growing our own reputation. That's the difference between Barnabas and Ananias and Sapphira. The difference is Barnabas gave the field and he sold the field and he gave the resources to the church because he wanted to see people's needs met because he wanted to glorify and honor God. He took seriously what we talked about last week with that culture of generosity and he recognized that he had resources that could meet needs of fellow believers and so he sold his field to meet their needs because he wanted God to be glorified in the church. Ananias and Sapphira sold their field to give themselves glory. Ananias and Sapphira sold their field and brought a portion of it to grow their own reputation. But we, as the people of God, need to live for God's reputation, not ours. Our goal needs to 
to be to make God famous, to, to bring him glory and honor and praise with everything that we do. That means that we need to be a people who are radically generous, who do embody that culture of generosity, but who do that not because we want people to notice how generous we are, and not because we want people to notice how good we are with our money and how kind we are. We need to be people who are generous because we want to see God's glory be made known. We need, to be, we need to be people who go out into our workplaces and work hard and do the best that we can do because we want to, we want to see God glorified and honored in everything that we do. Not just so that we can be noticed and, and promoted. We don't need to be lazy but then work hard when a boss comes in. Right? We need to be people who are working hard because we want God to receive the glory and honor and praise. I need to be a pastor. We need to, as a church hire pastors and bring on staff who are in it to glorify God and bring God's praise, not to build their own reputation and their own brand. We need to be a church that sings and worships God because he's worthy of worship and praise, not because we want to put on a concert. Everything we do as a church and everything that we do as the body of Christ needs to be directed and guided by the fact that we want to bring God glory and not ourselves. Barnabas didn't care that people were telling a story about him. Barnabas didn't care that his name was being proclaimed in the church as this example of generosity because he wasn't in it for fame. He was in it to make God known. And when people heard the story about Barnabas, they weren't praising and glorifying Barnabas. They were praising and glorifying God through him. And I want that to be true of every single one of us as individuals, and I want that to be true of us as a church. That people all over wouldn't hear about Freedom Fellowship and wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't love us because we are making our, ma- our name known and we're becoming famous. But that people would, would praise and glorify God because of the things that we do. We don't need to empire build and grow a church just so we can become famous and, and, and be made known in our community and around the world. We want to make God known in Roanoke and around the world. So everything we do, every event that we ever put on, every, every Sunday morning that we ever worship, every small group that we ever sit in, every single thing that we do as a body of Christ needs to be done to make God known and to glorify him. What, what's being called for here is not just a change of mind. What's being called for here is a change of heart, away from selfishness and, and blind ambition and towards glorying God. Away from from worshiping ourselves, away from from raising ourselves up and towards bringing God glory and honor and praise. And praise God that he provided the way for us to have a changed heart. We are incapable of making that that shift on our own. We are incapable of dethroning ourselves and putting Christ on the throne just by sheer willpower. But it is by the death and resurrection of Jesus that we can have a heart change. It is only when we are gripped by the gospel will we start realizing that, that God is worthy of glory and honor and praise and not us. When we begin to see just how good God is, we're going to start wanting to bring him glory and honor, and we're going to stop trying to, to waste our time to bring us praise. Because 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. We are sinful broken, 
rebellious people who, who have a natural heart and a natural inclination to put ourselves on the throne and to worship ourselves. But he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we could have a restored relationship with him. And when we begin to see and understand and comprehend the incredible love of God, the glory and the praise that God is due will naturally flow from our lips. When we really understand how much God loves us, when we really understand just how powerful he is, when we really understand just how good and righteous he is, everything that we've sought for ourselves will begin to seek for God. Everything in our lives that we order towards ourselves will begin to order and organize it for the praise and honor and glory of God because the more we know God and the more we understand in our grips by the gospel, the more we're going to want to make God known and the less we're going to want to make ourselves known. Because the more we understand just how good God is, it's going to look foolish to give ourselves glory and honor and praise. We need to be a church that's the people of God that lives to grow God's reputation, not ours. We need to live for God's reputation in the world. We want people to know and to see just how good God is, not how great we are. So everything that we do needs to be filtered through that lens. Everything that we do as the body of Christ needs to bring God glory and honor and praise. In just a moment, we're going to sing. And as we sing, take a moment and, and just search your own heart and, and see the things in your life that you're doing to bring you glory and honor and praise. Maybe there's a, a small voice in the back of your, of your head anytime you give or anytime you're generous and it says, look how good I am. But I hope people notice and see just how generous I am. Maybe it's a, a small voice in the back of your head when you, when you do random acts of kindness throughout the day. You're, there's a small part of you that wants people to thank you and recognize you for just how kind you are. Maybe it's how hard you work or how, how you teach the Bible. Maybe it's how you sing and worship, whatever it is. What are the things that you're doing that you hope people recognize you for and bring you glory and honor and praise for and turn those things over to God? And recognize that he is worthy of so much more glory and honor and praise than we ever could be. Some of you here this morning have never been gripped by the gospel. Some of you here this morning have never placed your faith in Jesus. So you've never come to understand just how good God is. You've never understood just how much he loves you because you've never experienced and placed your faith in Jesus. Well, this morning you have the opportunity to do just that. As we sing, I'm going to be standing right here. And I would love nothing less than for you to come talk to me and I can tell you about what it means to follow Jesus and to experience just how much he loves you. May we be a church that lifts up and glorifies the name of God in everything that we do. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, you are worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. And it is foolish for us to seek praise and glory for ourselves. Because God, what, what do we have that's worth anything? What do we have to provide and offer that isn't already given by you? God, we want the world to know just how good you are. 
as people who have experienced your goodness, as people who have experienced your love. We want people to know the gospel. We want people to know just how great and loving and kind you are. We want people to know and really see and experience your power in their lives. I pray, Father, that we would be a church that is ordered and organized to bring you glory and honor and praise to everything that we do. I pray there wouldn't be one part of any of us that seeks to glorify ourselves. Instead, we would be gripped by the gospel and we would return all glory and honor and praise to you. We love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.